And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Once again, hello, my friends. And I sound like a politician when I say that, but you all are our friends because you join us in what we do on Greenlight Reviews. I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And we do what we do best on this show. We talk about the movies. And today, Ann, we are going to discuss a very elegant British royal film Mm -hmm. called The Young Victoria. And incidentally, one of the producers was Duchess Fergie. That's right, Sarah Ferguson. (laughs) Right. Emily Blunt plays the young Queen Victoria. Rupert Friend plays her consort, her husband, her lover, Albert. Mark Strong is Sir John Conroy, one of the villains. Miranda Richardson plays her mother, the Duchess, and she's also kind of a villain. And in a very small but memorable role, Jim Broadbent, the Oscar-winning actor, plays the current king, King William. And Paul Bethany. Paul Bethany, of course. Absolutely fabulous. Just wonderful. It's a Melbourne. Yes. So we have a lot of good actors here. We have something very, very beautiful to look at because we see inside all the castles the Buckingham Palace, other places. We see her at the coronation. She looks very lovely. Oh, the costumes. The costumes are just wonderful. The settings are great. The photography is wonderful. This is all good, Anne, but for me, nothing happens. Here's the Mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. I think all of us who know anything about Queen Victoria of England, we think of her as a very kind of plump, austere, sour-looking, austere, middle-aged or older woman, always dressed in black. We know that her name gave an entire era its name, Mm -hmm. the Victorian era, and even today we search for beautiful Victorian homes. Well, we think and associate all of that with words like prim and proper and starched, and that's the way we have come to know Queen Victoria. This movie, The Young Victoria, shows her to be a young, zesty, fun-loving, rollicking woman of 18 who learns that she's about to become the queen and how she deals with the interactions and all of the politics behind the scenes in the palace and also how she's going to deal with two very eligible suitors, at least in this story, one being Albert and the other being Melbourne. That's right. Her problems before she meets either one of them are with her mother, played Very well by Miranda Richardson. I agree. Victoria's mother, the Duchess, was often really very, very vicious to her. We don't really know why, except she was probably having (laughs) trouble with her own lover of the time, Sir John Conroy. Conroy, of course, was an advisor to Victoria, so there was a real conflict of interest there. And they really mistreat Princess Victoria very badly, not particularly physically, but they are trying very hard to make her sign a decree that makes her mother the regent when she becomes queen. And that means that she would have no power whatsoever. Her mother would have all of it, Mm -hmm. and she would pass it along to Sir John Conroy. But even this 18-year-old young woman is not about to let that happen. Right. So there's a little bit of conflict at the beginning of the film, but after that, for me, Anne, I missed the conflict, Mm -hmm. the romance between Victoria and Albert. It was very nice. It was very cute. It was very lovely. They're two very attractive young people. But it just didn't grab me. It just didn't keep my undying interest in what was going on in this film. I agree with you. I think that everything in the film was first class. We've already said how great it is to look at. It's just too bad that the script didn't deliver a more weighty conflict, a better story than this movie would have been quite perfect. 
I liked the scenes between Emily Blunt and Rupert Friend, Vicky and Al. They're very <laughs> compatible. We see them dating on horseback and playing chess and dancing. And then they write endless letters to each other. This is a quaint custom that we can see is sadly out of fashion today because everybody twits and tweeters and emails. I write emails to you all the time. I know you do. But they're <laughs> writing long letters to each other where they really discuss the problems of their lives and they really share what's in their heart and what's going on so that they can advise one another. This is a very old-fashioned movie and much of it works. I wish it had worked just a little bit better, but for the most part, less, I think it's a very lovely movie. And we don't get enough of that. We get all kinds of breakneck speed movies and we get a lot of car crash pictures and spinach cinema. That's cinema that's good for you, but it's not a lot of fun to sit through. I think this is a wonderful movie, but the story is so slight that I'm afraid the overall production overwhelms the slight plot. Well, I think so. There is a scene when they are just beginning to care about each other. They haven't been talking about marriage, although Albert really wants to marry her. And he says to her, if you're to be queen, you have to learn how to play the game. And yes, she says, do you suppose I should find a husband who can play it for me? And he said, find a husband who can play it with you. Yeah, that was cool. That was kind of the concept of the movie. Absolutely. And that made it lovely. But that kind of relationship did not go on from there. And that left me a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I do want to mention that the music portions of this film were absolutely great. Yes. Because Albert is German, naturally you're going to have Schubert waltzes and Strauss music all the way through. And I think think that those composers contributed a great deal to the elegance of the proceedings, and I think it really was charming. The two of them discuss their favorite composers, like young kids today talk about, well, who do you like? And I thought that was quite charming. I think that the movie could have used more of a ripped bodice kind of scene, too. Their passion, while they were very much in love, I think the film could have used a little bit more bedroom antics in this. It would have been more zesty and in keeping with the way Victoria was. As it is, it's very demure. You know, it must have been pretty zesty in real life. They had nine children. I know they did. You know, I feel like you do, Les. I felt a little bit cheated at the end of the film. We see them get married, and then we learn that she's going to probably have the first of her nine children. It would have been so much finer a picture, I believe, if they had taken the first 20 minutes of this film and condensed the relationship into that part and then let us see what it was like for these two young people trying to run a country. She's trying to run Buckingham Palace with nine children. That would have been reality television. <laughs> but, you know, really, it would have made the movie quite a bit more interesting. I think you're right. The thing that really stood out for me in this film was Paul Bettany. I thought he was an absolutely wonderful character. He wasn't really a villain. He wasn't oh, really he was a hero. Excellent. We couldn't figure out exactly where he was coming from, but with all his strength and all his machinations yeah, behind the know. scenes, you know. Oh, he was great. He was wonderful. He was slippery. He was very slippery, <laughs> but we couldn't quite dislike him. Oh, no. Plus, I must say that the two gentlemen here who were vying for young Victoria's hand were both extremely handsome gentlemen. And 
I think that really added to the fun of the movie because young Victoria was not a particularly gorgeous girl, but the way that she's portrayed by Emily Blunt, she's radiant and she's fresh and she's different and she's trying to find her place in this court. Much to be said positive about young Victoria. The magnificent visual splendor made the movie worth my time. So even though the plot didn't give me much to chew on, I think young Victoria is going to get an emerald green light anyway. Okay, good for you. There is a spot early in the film. She is not yet queen, but she knows she's going to be. And Sir John Conroy has really been very, very cruel to her and very, very domineering. And at the end of one scene, she turns to her mother and she says, For you to allow anyone to treat me this way, it must be in your dreams to think that I will ever forget it. Mm -hmm. And I think, oh boy, this is going to be good. Mm -hmm. She becomes queen and she never really gets back at her mother. She never really gets back at Sir John. Maybe she didn't in real life, but this is a movie and I kind of missed that. Mm -hmm. And because of that, because there just wasn't very much conflict in this film, I'm giving it a very solid and approving yellow light. Good. At least we both had good, positive thoughts about this film. Absolutely. So, a green light from Anne, a yellow light from me for The Young Victoria. This was directed by Jean-Marc Vallée and starred Paul Bettany, Miranda Richardson, Mark Strong, Rupert Friend, and the lovely and very vibrant Emily Blunt. We've got another one coming up. I don't know what it is yet, but stick around and you will find out because we really look forward to continuing this terrific job that we have. Until that time, I'm Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that we're going to run into you having even a better time than we have at the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.